Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. My name is Brianna. And my name is Noah. And in this episode, we're going to be reviewing The Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, as well as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. So here we are, another week, another uh, episode without Ozzy. <laughs> you know, uh, some some people might be wondering: Is Ozzy still part of Screenfellows? Well, yes? Question mark. We'll see. <laughs> question mark. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he's just. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there's another way to look at it. Maybe he's just. Uh, you know, he's so high up in uh, the pseudo company that he just appears when he pleases. It's so exclusive. Like, oh my gosh, every episode with him is a commodity now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's he's making himself more scarce so that he's more valuable. Apparently, when he comes back. Sure. Apparently. Um, so, well, we we have some interesting movies. Very, very different movies to review today. Um, we have. Uh, I don't know, a, a movie from, you know, one of the most revered directors of all time at this point. Uh, and then we have Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about these two movies. It's just like, yeah, we are obviously late on the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thing. Uh, I, I could say that it was because, well, we needed time to mull it over and all that different stuff. And uh, maybe that's partially true, but uh, in all reality, I don't know. Things just happen, you know? <laughs> I don't really have a reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in our defense, it is a movie that you need to, like, let sink in mm-hmm. once you've seen it. I would and say so. I'm a verbal processor, as both of you know, because I called both of <laughs> yes. you. Yes. I was done watching this movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, as yeah. a, uh, uh, this will be an interesting review, I think, uh, the, once, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood review. But we are going to start, of course, with um, one of the most oddly super popular franchises of, of the modern era, and that is the Fast and Furious franchise, and the newest addition to it, which apparently Noah didn't even know was an addition to it, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and yeah. Shaw. Uh, Brianna, you yeah, saw this movie. <laughs> Noah, you did not. Uh, explain yourself. Um, yeah, so uh, I didn't actually know that this was connected to the Fast and Furious movies, like in the literal sort of sense of that. They're like, it's you know, it's a movie. I thought it was like, like it doesn't really. Uh, I was just watching the trailers. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like a new, it's a new thing. They're like super cops or what? I don't freaking know. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> Um, I knew The Rock was in at least one Fast and Furious movie. I haven't seen any of them since Tokyo Drift. Um, that's the only one. And uh, I thought that uh, when they said Fast and Furious Presents, I was like, oh, it's like the production company behind it. And they're making a movie as if like, oh, you know, 
you know, you like the Fast and Furious movies, you'll like this thing. And it's like, I thought it was a weird marketing strategy because like I just, that, again... Like when you scroll all the way down at IMDb and it says, if you like this, you'll also... <laughs> That's essentially what I thought they were doing. As if, you know, the individuals who title movies are now in the recommendation business. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's really mean spirited. I'm sorry. No, it's not. I I genuinely like <laughs> look. I didn't see any of the signs. The concept. The signs that I didn't know anything about this movie. The concept <laughs> is the 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 concept that is presented by the situation makes me laugh. I'm in no way laughing at uh, at your approach to this movie. That is an approach of ignorance as to its uh, its position in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Why is that, Brian? And it's general plot because I didn't see it. So, <laughs> uh, so you're, you're a complete non-approach to it then. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into the review. Um, Brianna, you, you, this is like your first experience with this franchise, correct? That's correct. So I'm really curious as uh, someone who is not uh, well-versed in this uh, pseudo-comic book-y franchise, uh, what did you think of it? Um, I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> All right. But I mean, I'm also not in the target demographic. I'm not above, Fair. like, admi- I'm not above admitting that I'm not, this movie's not made for me. So That I'm makes sense. Gonna- yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely had movies like that with, that we have reviewed on this podcast where it's like, look, it's it's rough trying to review this because you, yeah. you know, you know, when it's not like trying to please you in general, uh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you're sitting here like I have to separate my personal enjoyment of the film from its objective quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to do that because. I, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of it, a lot of it is humor that I just am not going to appreciate because the movie's not made for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, my overall thoughts on this movie, I think uh, like it, it's definitely, I would say this is an improvement over the last couple of fast and furious movies, like the fast and furious oh, no. proper movies. Um, fast five is, I think well accepted as like the, pinnacle of this franchise it's the best one and it probably will always be the best one um and then from there it's been depreciating returns the sixth one is not as good it's got its moments but it's not as good as the fifth one seventh one is rough but everyone kind of gives it a pass because of the paul walker thing rightfully so i mean they had a rough job of trying to finish a movie with one of its stars dying halfway through production um and then the eighth one is just not good. So I, I would say that this one more than probably the rest of them kind of just goes with the fact that it knows it's ridiculous. Like the whole setup of this movie from the moment you see the trailer, you know, like this movie is just going, it's jumping the shark. Like they are just trying to make this the most insane thing possible. And yeah, you're not supposed to take, if you take <laughs> this movie seriously, yeah. then that's on you. That's exactly. Exactly. Um, and honestly, like all the like weird, like crazy storyline stuff that I was thinking that I was going to be rolling my eyes at the entire time. Like, you know, obviously Idris Elba, like essentially has superpowers in this movie. Um, and that's not 
in the ironic way that everyone always says, like Vin Diesel and The Rock always have superpowers in these movies, he literally is like enhanced. Like he has powers. <laughs> he's like yeah. super strong. He has like the ability, like he's got like computer chips running through his brain. Like, I don't know. He is like an enhanced human being in this to movie. use his own words, he's black Superman. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, and that stuff, like I was thinking, like, I can't believe this is the direction we're going. Like we are one step away from what we've always joked that this franchise is going to do space. Uh, we're we're almost there, people. And honestly, like they I, like, I don't know, like I kind of that's the world they presented us in this movie. And I just kind of like rolled with it. And I think if you do that, there's fun to be had in this movie. Like some of the action's cool. Some of the humor is fine. I think there's fun to be had in this movie. Now, some of the annoying Fast and Furious stupidness is still present in this movie, and that's where a lot of the problems lie. Uh, but overall, I do think this is a slight improvement over the last couple of Fast and Furious movies. Um, but let's uh, start positive. Um, curious, Brianna, what positives do you have? I mean, I... I like to pretend that I am, you know, I like to believe that I'm kind of a discerning individual when it comes to movie criticism, but I kind of melt when it comes to The Rock. Like, he's wonderful. He's he's a good, he's a good actor. He's funny and charming. He's got an, like an undeniable charisma. And I'm going to see anything that he's in. Like, I know that that's exactly why they're capitalizing they're capitalizing on that in this movie but i like him i like him and i'm always gonna say that i like him um and so you know i like that the rock is there um also ryan reynolds is there for a hot minute <laughs> yes he is and i was like that was, was really like, random <laughs> I was like, um, have we, why haven't, why haven't they been in a movie together yet? Cause now I want to see that. Now I want that to happen. Um, uh, <laughs> you don't want that to happen. I mean, look, uh, I don't know his humor. Like he was funny in the movie. It just felt like a little, I don't know. It felt a little out of place in this movie. Like I was like, why is, why is this is just Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds in this movie. And like, that's fine. Uh, again, I don't think it like is a negative or anything, but it just felt like okay, Ryan Reynolds, well, cool. I mean, it felt out of place. Yeah. In this movie, but I think it's I. If you're asking me what I want from this movie, it's a different movie with Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I like Idris Elba. I. I mean, I guess. What I'm saying is I like some of the individual components, mm -hmm. but not so much in this movie. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll save that for negatives. Okay. But, I mean, I, I think if you are not entertained by the conclusion of this film, then you don't have a pulse. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, if you don't, if you don't, I, I mean, it, I mean, it's bonkers. Oh, of course. It's like, it's not. And I mean, of course, it's it was it always it was always going to be, but if you're not if you don't have some kind of dramatic response to the conclusion of this film, then you are not living. It it was so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh because you're embarrassed, or laugh because 
it's just insane what's happening on the screen. Um, and I think that that works in favor of the film. I was just kind of ready for the movie to be over at that point. I, I don't um, know. Like the, to me, that was like an element, which we'll talk about more negatives, but that was more of an element of like, this is just there. They had to lean into the cheese of the fast and furious franchise of like, you know, make it like all about like heart and family. And it's like, okay, sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> But well, it's I mean, it's I funny, guess. but it's like I don't know if it's ne- intending to be funny. Well, I know, and I'm yeah. not. I don't necessarily judge it by intent. Yeah, I fair know enough. That, <laughs> I know that this movie, like I said, based on the trailer, based on what I what what I the impression that I get of the Fast and Furious franchise, like I said, I know this movie's not meant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> um, I. I don't like there are a lot of franchises that I've um, name dropped in the past on this podcast that I can't get into because they're really just there for you to watch and turn off your brain for Mm -hmm. however long. And I'm not I'm not into that. I don't Mm -hmm. um, I I think the only time I've ever really been into that was with Pacific Rim, that (laughs) one movie. And that's it. other than that, it's never really been my speed. And so I know this movie's not made for me. And so when I got to the end of the film and it was just completely ridiculous, I didn't. And plus, I having not seen any other Fast and Furious property, I don't have anything to compare it to yeah. that that is like, you know, a more serious or grounded moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I like the whole wholesome angle of yeah you know the wholesome angle of like repairing friendships and i think you know i like that i can go see a movie that's made for for dudes that is relational mm-hmm. at its heart if that makes sense yeah yeah that it's not like entirely like testosterone mm-hmm. and 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 i'm you know there's a, obviously there's a lot of that in this movie but it's also really nice to watch a movie that's made for dudes that also is like hey you can also it's like totally cool for you to like really love your family and (laughs) yeah yeah like like rebuild bridges that have been burned like Mm -hmm. it's totally cool for you to do that and so i guess i appreciated that yeah um that's me kind of exhausting my goodwill with this film Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, like, you, you talked about The Rock just in particular, but I want to talk about the the chemistry between The Rock and Jason Statham. Uh, this movie, the concept of this movie is born completely out of their chemistry. Like, if they didn't work so well together in the last Fast and Furious movie in Fate of the Furious, which is the worst titled one. Um, <laughs> if they didn't work so well together in that franchise, then this movie wouldn't have happened. And in that movie, then this movie wouldn't have become a thing, right? And I think that uh, that carries over pretty well to this movie. I think that they're hurling ins- insults back at back and forth at each other. It's really funny. It's pretty entertaining. And then you buy... I don't know about you, but I bought a lot of their journey <laughs> together. Like, as you would probably guess, they begrudgingly become uh, kind of close throughout this movie. And I, I think for the most part that works. I do think just it helps that they do have some pretty good chemistry together. And one thing 
in regards to because I think you talked plenty about The Rock, and I echo most of those statements. Um, Jason Statham, on the other hand, I have always said that that man needs to do more comedy. When he de- when he's given the opportunity to do comedy, he's actually pretty funny, and I'm glad that he was kind of. Uh, able to do this movie where obviously there is an element of action stuff that he needs to do because, you know, that's what he's known for. But also he's able to flex some of those comedic bones or comedic muscles, excuse me. And um, I I really appreciate that because I do think that when he's able to mock himself and play like, you know, deliver these like super intense lines with a wink and a nod i think it really works and uh, it it plays really well and i i enjoyed that aspect of it um i think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention vanessa kirby i think she is a star on the rise um i'm very happy to see her get a starring role in this movie and for her to hold her own pretty well in this movie i i enjoyed her performance and her role in this movie um that's Mostly what I have to say about performances, uh, I, I will say this, the the Rock's fingerprints are all over this movie. <laughs> he is very much, uh, like, he was a driving force in this movie getting made, and you can tell. Uh, uh, you know, you know from the trailer that uh, Samoa is a major plot point, it's a major place in this movie, which it's like, okay, um, sure. Uh, yeah, I didn't really get that. Not it, it, that. It's like The Rock is not, clearly in charge of this movie. Not that cultural diversity is a bad thing. It just really kind of comes out of nowhere. It's very random. Yeah. Like it like it takes a major left turn into Samoa. It's like, <laughs> it's like I mean, that's fine. Like maybe more movies deserve to be like, or maybe there needs to be more movies about Samoa and like, that's all fine and dandy. But this one's just like, okay, like sure. Really? I mean, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. I also, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see enough trailers, but I was like, okay, now we're like, that's like, I mean, am I wrong? Pretty well, much the whole third act takes place in some more. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, every time I brought it up, like, people are like, oh, well, it's in the trailers. And I'm like, I don't, I honestly didn't remember that from the trailers. But, okay. Me neither. Yeah, so, whatever. Uh, but then also, it's, there's a lot of people in this movie, and one in particular, who is clearly in it, because they're best, they're friends with The Rock. And uh, I won't spoil oh, yeah. a particular cameo in this movie, but... <laughs> the Rock's finger. That all I'm going to continue to say is the Rock's fingerprints are all over this movie. That, He's in yeah, charge. That also totally came out of left. Yes, a hundred percent. So that is worth noting. Uh, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like worth noting. Um, I've already talked about how I do think a lot of the humor works. It doesn't all land, but a lot of it does work. And uh, the action sequences, as Rihanna talked about with the end, and I, I would say mostly throughout this movie, like, are pretty entertaining and exciting. The Even when they're dumb, at least, like, they're funny dumb <laughs> at times. So, like, I don't know, like, even the, the ones that, like, there's one from the trailer that I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. Uh, when uh, The Rock and Jason Statham are chasing someone down the side of a building and the rock like, jumps down like he, he's using like the ca- a cable to like uh slide down the, this building and then jason statham takes the takes the elevator um that scene is so ridiculous like it, 
the rocks like like he's barehanding like down this cable and it's just like this doesn't make any sense and he's falling like in slow motion essentially and like fighting mid fall and it's like it's the most insane ridiculous action scene i've seen in a long time but it's so funny that it's just like okay whatever um, you know, so I, I do, I do think there is a lot of that that helps out some of, uh, the cheesy action sequences that they're so over the top that it's silly or that it's funny. Uh, sometimes, sometimes maybe not so much. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have in terms of positives. Uh, do you want to move on into negatives? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Go for it, Brianna. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, uh, this one was like. I don't know. Like I said, this movie's not made for me. It's not <laughs> catering. To, it's not catering to me. I get it. Yeah. Like, um, it's not my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. It's not. So you didn't my, find it funny. Uh, not for the most part. Okay. I thought that there were like one or two funny scenes, mm-hmm. but a lot of the humor comes from like this rivalry mm-hmm. and as I, I don't know if it's like a male female thing mm-hmm. but as a as as someone who's like really relational i'm sitting there going you guys literally you you your your ego is making is like causing all the conflict in this movie you really just need to get over it and start like working together because that's uh, i know obviously that's like the main conflict of the film mm-hmm. but as someone who's really relational. Like I said, I know that that's maybe that's a male female thing. Cause I know maybe. that this movie is definitely geared toward, and I'm not accusing you or Noah or any guy in particular of, of being confrontational, but this movie is mar- is definitely a dude movie. Um, oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So, uh, you know, obviously they're going to write male characters, at, you know, that in a way that's going to make sense to men. Um, and so it just as a woman watching this movie, I was like, you guys really need to get over it. It's like really frustrating. Yeah. You guys are causing each other so much unnecessary conflict, like in a sense of you guys could really be getting things done faster if you would just get over it. That was like really frustrating and i felt like anybody who was that good at their job would get over it and like understand that in order to literally into or to save the world and i'm like you know you would think that you both have you both have people who are in the balance here you would think that you'd think of them and get over your petty personal differences and work together and get over it um so uh, inherently this movie's not yeah. in- inherently this movie's not for me. <laughs> Look, I, yeah, I get I, I don't know. Like I guess it's just a situation of like the movie never takes the entire like conflict seriously, so I guess it's like I, I don't know, it never rubbed me necessarily like if they were like treating it super like <laughs> like seriously, then maybe it would be like all right, get over it, but I guess in the, given the context of like the tone that they were going for, I I guess it kind of worked for me, but I, I more, look. I, I think I described this movie uh, to somebody who asked me about it uh, earlier. About I basically said like this movie is intentionally funny, and it is unintentionally funny. It is both of them, and when the when the movie 
is kind of just rolling with its insane premise, then I'm on board and I'm just like, okay, I am just going along with the insanity of, of this. But when, when the rock character uh, is doing like the, this super human thing, like superhuman things that I'm just like, this is so insane and ridiculous. Okay, let me just for one example of how in, how ridiculous this movie is and how stupid some of the stuff in this movie is. Uh, you know how in Captain America <laughs> there is a scene, or I don't think it's the first Captain America. I don't remember which one it is actually, but in one of the MCU movies, there's a scene showing off how strong Captain America is by him holding a helicopter to a platform and he's like flexing and pulling it down. That's like him. Sh- sh- that's showing off how strong and superhuman he is, right? The Rock does this, does that in this movie twice. <laughs> and he's just a guy. <laughs> it's just like, this, it's so stupid. There's so many things throughout this movie. Like, and honestly, it's not the worst it's ever been. I, I've mentioned it before on this podcast. Uh, you know, Vin Diesel essentially earthbends in Fast and Furious 7. So, like, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> these movies are always like this, but that doesn't like excuse it. Like, come on, there has to be some level of like, you know, reality here, and there is not much often. About this. Like, uh, honestly, it often is just like, eh, what, whatever. Physics, who cares? You know, this doesn't make any sense. But nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna notice. Uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of that throughout this movie. And it is very unintentionally funny in those moments. And I don't think that's necessarily, uh, I don't, I don't think that's fully a positive. I think it definitely helps with some of the action sequences to carry them along and make them entertaining. Uh, but it's also, you know, come on, like if you're going to show off how super, how superhuman this one guy is, maybe don't have, uh, you know, your regular human character, also doing these insane feats of strength <laughs> right next to him because then it diminishes what your superhuman character is doing. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so that's definitely something. And um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I, like I said, the Samoa thing comes out of nowhere. It's not really a negative, but it's just like, it feels like, uh, I'm going to make another bad movie comparison. It feels like, you know how in, or I don't know if you've even seen these movies based on your comments before, but uh, in Transformers 4, how they randomly no. go... Okay. <laughs> in Transformers 4, there is a 45-minute sequence where they go to China for essentially no reason. And it felt like that. Uh, it really felt like that. It's just like, okay, we're just we're here. I'm just going to roll with it, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that. And I, I think that, honestly, some of the stuff that ties the, the fact that this I, I, the fact that this is a Fast and Furious franchise movie almost holds this movie down for me because there's things that they throw in there just to be like, oh, well, we have, our, have to have our generic Fast and Furious thing in here. And it's like, OK, like this doesn't feel like it necessarily fits in this movie, but I guess because it's a Fast and Furious movie, you have to do it. Um, you know, there's, I'm thinking mostly about the ending of this movie. And I know that's something that you kind of, uh, seem to appreciate a little bit, but it very much is like, 
yeah, we have to make this have some sort of sentimental thing about it. And, you know, I don't know, like maybe it was because it was so poorly executed and it was so on the nose that it bothered me. I, I think maybe if it was executed a little more tact. I would have appreciated it, but it really wasn't. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to bring up is <laughs> that we're going to get really in the weeds here, Brianna. Okay. Because this is a fast and furious lore complaint. Here we go. All right. Uh, if you have not seen uh, the all of the Fast and Furious movies, then maybe you want to fast forward like 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> the way Jason Statham's character is introduced in this franchise is in the post credit scene of Fast and Furious 6, which I know what you're thinking. There's post credit scene in, these in this franchise? Yes. That's why I said it's a pseudo-comic book franchise. It's ridiculous. Um, so he is introduced by killing... The character of Han, who is one, who was one of the main characters in Fast and Furious Five and Three, so he is like one of the main characters in the franchise, right? He kills that character, and then the entire seventh movie, Jason Statham's character is the villain. And then in eight, they spend the entire movie basically trying to convince you that oh, he's a likable guy now. And then by the end of eight, the entire Fast and Furious like group, their entire quote unquote family is sitting down and having lunch with Jason Statham. And it's always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, do you, like this guy murdered, straight up murdered one of your friends, one of the other members of this pseudo family. And now this movie, it's more of this. It's more of like, hey, let's completely forget that Jason Statham completely killed one of the main characters of this franchise and is a straight up villain. And they try to like, retcon it in this movie and it's just like that's just making it worse for me like i don't know it's so it's just kind of kind of out there for me but again i think i kind of in my mind just give it a pass because it's like jason Statham and the rock have great chemistry so i understand why they wanted to make this movie and in a way i think it kind of works that the other people weren't involved in this movie because that would have just made me more frustrated that they're just ignoring the fact that he had killed one of their runs um so there we go that was my Fast and Furious lore complaint about this franchise or about this movie. All right. Uh, do you have anything else before we rate this movie? No, let's get it over. All right, let's do it. Uh, Brianna, what do you got? I don't. I don't. I honestly don't feel fair rating this movie because it's not made for me. Fair enough. So I, I didn't like it. Yeah. But yeah. it's not. It's. It wasn't for me to like. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving this movie. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. It's it's fine. It's I do think it's an, an improvement over the last couple. That's not saying too, too much. Um, I don't think it's, like, a good or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to say this is an objectively good movie. But, you know, there's some cheap entertainment to be had here. And I know a lot of people do hate the, fr the phrase, and it's not just you. They hate the phrase, uh, it's a turn-your-brain-off or a popcorn movie. Um but that's kind of what this is. Like, I, I know I hate to say it, but it kind of is. Um, it, it's, I mean, if that's your thing, yeah, then, exactly. You know, like enter entertainment is entertainment. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to, who cares how cheap it is. You, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're not allowed to be entertained by yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, am I, am I gonna, you know, I, I wouldn't sit down and watch it again. I, I don't, you know, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you're not allowed to watch it again. If you like it, then, by all means, like it, you know, I, 
you know, I, when I get in bed at night, I don't sit down and watch Inception every time. Sometimes I just, you know, anyway. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, look, if there's, if, if you're a guy, there's, there's plenty of reasons to watch this movie. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, Vanessa Kirby is a beautiful human being and Isaac Gonzalez is literally perfect. So go enjoy it. Um, all right. Let's move on. And uh, we can reintroduce Noah. Noah, are you here? Yeah, I'm here, guys. While you were talking, I down. <laughs> what? Where are you? The voice thing. Voice uh, amplifier. <laughs> um, <laughs> why is <laughs> What the frick was that? <laughs> um, it is echoing so. <laughs> oh, I turned it off. Okay. Yeah, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> Back on and no. say I'm the great and powerful Oz. <laughs> I am the great and powerful. <laughs> it cut off right at the end there. <laughs> Wait, what? It cut off right at the end there, which is unfortunate. Oh, that's too bad. I got other stuff here. Okay. All like right. This one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's what Noah was um, doing the entire review. So, so with yeah. that one, with that last one, say, uh, like a turd in the wind. Oh, okay. All right. Like a turd in the wind. Okay. It's kind of like a little bit trippy because it's just like slightly off because it has to go through the app. So I have to like hear my voice. After I'm saying it, oh, yeah, so it's yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna turn this off because I can't, yeah. I can't talk. I had to like practice what I was gonna say because it's really hard to talk. But here's another one. Oh, I like no. this one. It's like uh, magic words. This one sounds like I like it. All right, that's all I got. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, Turn that off. See, back in the okay, back Can in we the keep some of that in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll put no, keep I'm, all of it. I'm in. keeping it in. Uh, back in the <laughs> medieval Screenfellas days, uh, when we were recording on good old GarageBand, uh, we definitely used to mess around with a lot of that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah. Oh man, it's good stuff. All right, well, <laughs> now we're going to talk about uh, Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood, uh, the latest Quentin Tarantino uh, film, the penultimate Quentin Tarantino, supposedly. Film. No. Do you buy that? Oh, no, I Maybe. do actually. Really? He said it for a while. I mean, he did make that like he's like, no, Kill Bill is one movie. Um, yeah. So that's that's the only way that this is the ninth film. But yeah. I, I buy it. I think he's good. I, I, I do I not buy it. I I oh, think okay. okay, but my reasoning is I think a writer is always a writer, so he will continue to write, and all it sure. will take will be one movie that he sells off to somebody, one script that he sells off to somebody that somebody screws up where he goes, no, I am not gonna let anybody do this to one of my movies again. That's I mean, all it will take. Okay, I mean he has done that before. He's written stuff, and it's like you know, I don't know. Yeah. Just till dawn. I know. But yeah. 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 There's a reason he writes. Also, and Sin writes. City. I think he wrote a little bit of Sin City too. Part of it. Yeah, yeah, he wrote like one segment of Sin City. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. All right. So 
Uh, I'm on the record saying I'm not a Quentin Tarantino fan, so I will say that you guys are definitely going to have to lead the charge here. Um, sure. I mean, Brianna, I know Brianna does, hasn't, uh, isn't like super into him. I don't, I don't you know. Well, actually, um, I, I, I was so confounded by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that the next mm-hmm. day I went, I went, uh, to my parents' condo and on their, um, on their big eye, well, they were gone for the weekend, so I was. You didn't break in or anything. No, I, I used a key. <laughs> okay, I, I thought uh, she was gonna I say I went to my local video store, and I was like, "Whoa!" I really? thought she was gonna say that too. It's like I bought them all. His entire collection. No, um, mm-hmm. I I watched two of his other films that I hadn't seen, so I'm now, mm. I'm now down. I've seen most of his like most iconic movies now. Just not all of them and mm. i definitely have i definitely loved some of them so okay. I, I mean i i i have a deep appreciation for the works of his that i've seen so all right um well let's start with the overall thoughts uh no what do you got well um i mean i guess going into this movie i i was i, I kind of have a I, I guess my relationship with Quentin Tarantino's movies, I, I used to be a really big fan, and I've sort of um, mellowed out, I'd say. I recognize he does have some flaws, and um, it's more, you know, having to uh, sort of sit down and, and watch his movies sometimes turns into a bit of a chore because he's, as I've said before, really in love with his, his writing style. Um, he never seems to like to, he likes to take his time when he's getting to the point and sometimes there's just not really a point. Um, so walking into this movie, I, you know, had those sort of reservations, but I quickly sort of, you know, they kind of evaporated cause I thought that uh, this was a very mature sort of different feel to his previous movies. Um, I can say, I can probably, well, I won't say that, but um, it definitely, it definitely strikes a different chord and I feel like I think some people, you know, who are fans of him might even be disappointed with it because it's not, you know, it's not the hatefully, yeah. it's not Django and it's not Inglorious Bastards. So, you know, it's just I liked it. All right. And Brianna, what about you? Um, I <laughs> well, you know how I feel about long films. Um, I this and it's not like this movie's. One that you, um, you know, you're. It's got a lengthy runtime, but it, you know, it just whizzes by because, you know, you're so enveloped in what's happening. It's more like you, you do check the clock a couple times, uh, in in this film. Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, you have to go in anticipating that it's a long film, and um, you have to go in with the right expectations as well. Because if you're expecting like a straightforward really structured narrative then you're probably going to be disappointed which is why i had a really hard time understanding what i thought about this film when i first saw it but uh, i think i will like it a lot more the second time around now that uh, the uh, now that i know what to expect uh going in um and i mean there's just there's some there's some stuff that happens in this film that you have to appreciate uh, and also come to terms with. 
if that makes sense. All right. Um, All right. um, For me, I there's scene sequences in this movie that I love, and there's a lot that I don't. And I think. I think what you're going to find is consistent amongst all of us is I do think this movie is, I would say it's too long. I I think this movie, like there's a lot of just fat in this movie that honestly, there's scenes where I'm just like, why is this here? There's no real purpose to it. And most of the time with longer movies, like I'm fine with those scenes as long as like there's some like interesting element to it. And maybe some of the filmmaking is kind of interesting, but sure. But normally what you would expect is like, there'd be like some these scenes that are pointless that would have some like crazy, super interesting dialogue. And a lot of them didn't like, I thought this movie kind of lacked a little bit of the punch of some of his other movies in terms of uh, the dialogue. And that really kind of left it feeling a little flat for a lot of the movie for me. Um, I do, again, there are sequences that I enjoy. There are performances. There's tons of performances that I love in this movie. Um, but there's a lot that, I feel like was left to be desired here. Um, and I know there's, go- I have seen, uh, because we were recording this so late, I've seen pl- all the reaction to this movie and it seems like uh, a lot of people just like love this and are like, it's his masterpiece and I don't see that at all. Um, like even if I was a Tarantino fan, I don't think that I would view this as like his best movie, which is some people are saying, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, yeah, I don't agree with that. It's It's just... I think that there are legitimate problems. It's not, I do have a style problem with Tarantino. It's not like, yes, I'm not a Tarantino fan because his movies just like, they don't work for me. I just don't enjoy them. I'm not a fan of his style in general. But it's not just that with this movie. Uh, Because when I do talk about those movies, I respect the way they're made and I respect how masterful of a director he is, they're just not for me. That's not the, fully the case with this movie. I do think there are legitimate problems with it. Um, that being said, let's start positive. So, Noah, what do you got? All right, well, um, <laughs> so, uh, you, I, I feel like you were waiting for me to do a, do a voice, to do a, a voice modulation, but I didn't. Um, Wait, you are? Yeah, I, I am. Yes, am you're I? on the singing one. I'm on the singing one. Did I click the thing? Yes. Oh my god, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's um, I turned it off so I could, like you can turn off here your. Oh my god. And uh, and uh, so I did that so I couldn't hear it. I thought you know, it wouldn't be so funny if I started talking and I wasn't. Oh um, my gosh! Thinking about it. All right, we'll leave that one in. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, positives through this movie. You're right. I definitely don't think that, in terms of dialogue, which is you know, I, Quentin Tarantino is easily one of his strengths. Is his is his really interesting, uh, at least you know, intriguing dialogue when characters talk to each other. And this movie does not have a lot of that. But what I think it makes up for is how glamorous and um, stylized the world feels um within the three the nearly three hours that this movie is you feel like you're kind of living inside of um 1970s los angeles like even even the soundtrack which i think you know soundtrack is awesome i really like the soundtrack if you go and look at it on spotify you can um you can listen to it and it even has like 
commercials, like period appropriate commercials in there. There's like a segment about mugs, root beer, and like, you know, do it, put it in root beer floats and little jingles and stuff. So it's really, I feel like the movie is focused on bringing you into this world and sort of just being this really uh, beautiful looking send off to what Tarantino thinks is the, well, I guess most people would think is the golden age of Hollywood. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's what I got. All right. Uh, Brianna, what about you? What positives do you have? Um, <clears throat> I I have to agree 100% with Noah. This movie's very atmospheric. Um, it's got a very tangible world, and that's, like, the main way that this film has been described by a lot of people is his love letter to um, the L.A. that he adored growing up. It's a very important year to him. Um, the other thing um, that I would have to say is really um, that I, I appreciated about this film is that um, I this is going to sound ridiculous. I don't get scared watching movies. I've seen one movie probably in my life that actually scared me. And, um, uh, and then once I had seen this movie, I had to say this movie scared me. <laughs> mm. Interesting. Um, wow. Okay. In the sense that like, I had no idea about the history behind this film and what, happened um in you know what this film was was changing mm. uh, or what this film was doing um until after i'd seen the movie but even having no idea um this uh, he does such a great job of making you aware that something really sinister is going on um and there was such uh, such a powerful undercurrent of that dread I felt in this movie that like when I came home, I had a hard time going to sleep because I didn't want to turn off my light. Uh, it was really like that, that foreboding for someone who has no idea how the film is supposed to conclude. Um, I, that's really, really in, in, insane sense of like, it's all heading in one direction and it's really sinister or it's really, um, and there were like multiple points in the film that I can point to and say this, this, uh, element right here, um, really, you know, it, it's kind of subliminal and kind of like getting into my subconscious, but that was really, really powerful, which I guess, you know, is another, uh, way of saying it's really atmospheric. Um, also, the performances, as you noted, um, <laughs> uh, Leo DiCaprio oh, so standing good. out chiefly among them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll let I'll let you talk more about that. But I mean, Leo is <laughs> he does not disappoint. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I mentioned how there are scenes in this movie that I absolutely love. And I would say a lot of them involve Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Um, <laughs> I think he is so good in this movie. Absolutely. Um, it's it's insane. Like, I think the scene that will probably most be remembered from this movie in terms of his acting, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but the scene where he's looking in the mirror and yeah. he is just, he's cussing himself out. He is like, if you don't get this right, I am going to shoot you in the freaking head. <laughs> like, he is just <laughs> losing it. And he's like, he's suicidal. Like, he's just yelling at himself to not screw it up. He's calling himself an alcoholic. It is, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's like, it's one of, it's, I think it's his, the best, like, scene that he's done since, like, the drug scene in Wolf of Wall Street. Like, it's like, it's on that level. And, and I think there's a lot of those scenes with him in, that, in this movie. Um, the scene where, uh, we're going to kind of go spoilery here. Maybe we want to talk about, like, I don't know. It's going to be hard not to talk about the end. I'll let you know when we're talking well, spoilers yeah. for the end. I was going to say, I have one more positive. Yeah, um, we'll talk about we, the end. When you, when you get around to it. <laughs> um, but uh, small spoilers until then. Uh, there's the scene where he is... Uh, he had just done that acting scene with the little girl. Mm -hmm. And the little girl yeah. tells him... That was the best acting I've seen I've ever seen. And he just starts... Like, he starts crying. It is so good. He's... Like, you get this, like, you just get that sense of, off of him of, like, this is this desperate, sad man who is, mm -hmm. who just wants to stay on top and just, uh, you know, wishes that he was still the icon that he was and wants to maintain grasp of his place in Hollywood. And you just feel that coming from him in, like, every scene that he's in. I, I just, I so appreciated his performance. And that's not to take to take anything away from anybody else. I think Brad Pitt's really good in this movie as well. Um, Margot Robbie's good in this movie. I, I think, <laughs> you know, like, the, even, like, some of the bit roles in this movie are, like, people are really good. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just think that the performances are great <laughs> in this movie. Um, yeah. Noah, you seem to have want to say something oh. about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved um, just in general how distinct this this role. I mean, I guess it, Leonardo DiCaprio's role in here is a a divergence. It seems from his more notable recent roles, like you said, in The Wolf of Wall Street, and uh, I was thinking Django Unchained, where he's mm -hmm. very yeah. um, pompous and sort of he has this this a lot of power and charisma. And in this, he's just he's clearly growing into a shell of, of his former self and he's trying to prevent that from happening. And I think the way that he does that, where he's just like, he's fighting it back irrelevance and you can see it in himself. Like he, there's a scene where he just, it's not the, um, like he breaks down a lot of times in this movie yeah. and it, it feels both entertaining and real. And mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, I think it's just, it's a, it's a great, uh, characterization of him. Yeah. Him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's, again, like, I, I just think the performances are definitely a highlight of this movie for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and there's, um, some of the things with Brad Pitt that I really liked in this movie as well. Like, um, a lot, he seems to be more involved in the Manson, uh, family side of the storyline, um, mm -hmm. throughout the majority of this movie. And I think parts of that worked, parts of it didn't, but the parts that did work were the build up to it. I think a, a lot of the stuff with him, like, uh, kind of eyeing that girl on the side of the road a couple of times, and then 
almost picking her up and then picking her up and driving her there. Like, I think a lot of that dialogue uh, was kind of fascinating. I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, so, again, there are sequences in this movie that I love. Um, and, yeah, a lot of it is performance-driven uh, as well. So, uh, Brianna, you seem to have one more positive that you wanted to get to. Is this going to yeah. be spoilery for the end? Should we talk, should we talk about it? I mean, it, it doesn't have to be spoilery, but it does. It is the end. All right. So Let, let's let's go for it. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, um, I, you should probably see it no, <laughs> no matter what. So go see it and then come back to us. Uh, we're going to be talking about the ending. If you don't care, which I don't think it's the end of the world if you know what's coming, but it's up to you. We're going to talk about well, it. Well, I think it's pretty drastic. I mean, in a film that's like, very anthological and very meandering and it seems like kind of aimless at mm-hmm. some points in time the one point of certainty that you do have when you understand the history behind it is what's coming at the end so uh, you know i feel like it's, it's not given tarantino's uh, history <laughs> huh given tarantino's history i think it was I figured that this was going to happen, uh, annoyingly so, but in a way it kind of helped because I kind of knew what, like it was probably going to, he was probably going to change things and I wouldn't be as annoyed because I was expecting it, but whatever. Well, it, in essence, I mean, you know that, you know, what's the general idea yeah. of what's going to happen. Um, so we're officially in spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. Now. Let's go. Um, the reason that I felt like I had to reach out, when this movie was over is because the ending is so jarring and so just so insane. Like, especially since it's so like this, it's kind of a positive and a negative because the rest of the film, uh, kind of like it's kind of tone deaf. There are moments of like, you know, character sincerity and there are, it's just very like, you know, restrained for the most part. Uh, there are moments of like unearned levity that I did not appreciate, but this, this uh, climax is so completely um, jarring when compared to the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel like that works against it in the sense of um, like just completely changing the tone for the last 10 minutes of the film, but also um uh, but I feel like it also, it has to be a positive just because it's so like it provokes in me, it provokes such an intense response that like, I, like my chest hurt while I was watching this, like while I was watching the conclusion, it was so just over the top. And so such a left turn that was good and bad. And I mean, I totally understand why he, you know, why he, uh, change things in essence for people who are wondering about spoilers the the manson cult breaks into leo dicaprio's house instead of sharon tate's Mm -hmm. house and brad pitt being the stunt man accused of murdering his wife um just completely uh (laughs) wrecks them uh and Leo kills one of them with a flamethrower. And there's like so little left of the three of them to, to speak of. And, uh, and Sharon Tate's fine. Um, and so it, it feels almost fitting 
in a love letter to 60s Hollywood that the film would end with a huge F.U. to the people who kind of changed the tone of the decade or like changed the direction Mm -hmm. of the decade. So I understand why he concluded in that way. It was like such a personal F.U. to people who are, are out to, you know, cause pain and suffering in particular to, um, you know, the, the, uh, beloved, I guess, but it, I, I was so jarred by the conclusion of this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I, it, to me, this is like when the movie is like, okay, yeah, Tarantino's doing his thing and that's fine. Um, like I get on some level, it is cathartic. It's very well, and it is very well executed. Like, obviously, like I do think there is a level of, you know, response to just how, you know, violent it is. That's, and that's fine. But I just, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, in essence, you disagree. <laughs> no, I, I just think it's so stupid. Like, I really, like, I hate the ending to Inglorious <laughs> Bastards and I hate the ending to this movie. And it ruined, like, I won't say a ruins movie because I'm not. I wasn't fully in love with this movie to begin with, uh, but it's it's. I don't know. Like I just. I really don't. This is not my thing. I I would prefer it would not. You know, if you're gonna make this story, like just make it a different story. Like why does it? I don't know. It just feels so random and stupid to me. But I understand. Like it is. It it is cathartic. Like yes, to see the people who you know, murdered this innocent pregnant woman, get their comeuppance instead. Like, it's, I, I understand why it is, uh, why, you know, why it is enjoyable, but it's just not for me. And again, I don't think that's like necessarily a hard and fast negative, but it's just, I don't know. We're, you know, <laughs> you're talking about how with, uh, not to compare it to that movie, but you're talking about how with uh, the Hobbs and Shaw that Hobbs maybe Shaw. it's just not for you. You know, Tarantino movies as a whole are just not for me. And this was, honestly, this was the most Tarantino part of the entire movie. And it very much, like, all the way down to the level of the violence. Like, it very much feels like that. And, you know, to, to compare it to his last movie, it's almost like he's, like, learning to restrain himself for longer and longer in his movies. Because with Hateful Eight, it's the entire first half of the movie, the first half of a very, very long movie in being Hateful Eight, where there's not much violence at all. And it's very dialogue driven. And you're like, I was enjoying the majority of that part or that, that movie. And then the last half of the movie, it just turns into Tarantino, shoot him up and violence over the top. It's ridiculous. And I, I don't appreciate it. And then it's like he gets all the way to the end with this movie. And it's like, all right, now we're going to, you know, make it insane. And it's like, sure. And I, I felt like, you know, even from a technical angle, what you're talking about, how it felt jarring. I agree with that completely. I, I do think it feels jarring. But I guess I lean more on the that's a negative than anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, it feels like it's a complete and total tone shift in the movie. It's just like okay like sure maybe and maybe it is a bad thing um i mean like i said it it was very different it it drastically different from the rest of the film uh, which is probably why i had such a uh, such an intense response to it but Mm. i mean i 
I thought it worked. This is this is my ish. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, um, Noah, what about you? What do you think of it? Uh, if we're talking specifically about that very, very yeah. violent uh, ending part, um, I thought it was an interesting placement of of violence. I think in some way it was, you know, to give Tarantino a bit, you know, a bit of credit. I think it was a uh, is a bit of. Uh, it, I, uh, you know, putting it at the very end of a very non-violent movie for his standards um, was uh, in some way, I think, just I thought it was kind of good. I thought that was a good, good, an interesting choice in a way. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think Tarantino's strengths are providing a sort of cathartic experience. I don't think this is as good a cathartic experience as previous films have been. I know you don't like Inglorious Bastards, but I think that's, you know, rooted in some great injustice. A lot of people's favorite of this movie. Yeah, that's I, I would say that's one of my favorites, honestly. Honestly, um, that's my second favorite Tarantino film. I can't stand yeah. that movie to be honest. And again, uh, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I I do not enjoy it at all. It's not I mean I spent the whole first half of this podcast noting that Hobbs and Shaw, not my, not yeah. for me. You're allowed to have something that's <laughs> you, you acknowledge. Yeah. I know it's just, it, it feels so bad because like th- there's a difference between like Hobbs and Shaw, not for me, and then it's like Tarantino, like the most re- one of the more revered indie filmmakers of all time, and like eh, not for me. <laughs> you know, it's I feel like I get a lot more crap. <laughs> that doesn't mean. Yeah. I mean, I know, mom, I know. I, my mom, I spent this whole weekend watching movies with my family, and I can't remember what movie it was. But we looked at it, and and she goes, "Oh, that movie's horrible." And I said, "Um, no, you, you need to learn the difference." I straight up, I don't worry, don't 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 get me wrong. I love my, mom. I die for. Her. But I straight up, I said, "Mom, no, you need to learn the difference between a movie that you don't like and a movie that's bad." Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know if you're going to be taken seriously in the film community, that's definitely a skill that you have to that you have to discern because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just make entirely subjective or, you know, you can't just make entirely subjective declarations, but it's good for you to acknowledge that it's just not for you. And Tarantino's going to make mo- There are people that exist that Tarantino, you know, Tarantino does not please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And you're yeah. one of them. <laughs> Apparently. And that's okay. Except for his yeah, early movies. Fine. Pulp Fiction is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Uh, 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 uh. You really like Pulp Fiction, is what you're saying. Sure. Well, I mean, Fair Pulp enough. Fiction is also just an excellent movie. <laughs> it is an excellent movie, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. What um, you mean you is enjoy. you really like yeah. it. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, like like I said when I came on to review Mother, like Mother is a great, is a great movie that I hated. <laughs> Fair enough. So, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, see, it's, Noah it's, disagrees it's that it's a great movie, <laughs> but oh, really? well, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm interested in that. Okay, all right. We should go back and listen I mean, to that I mean, that def- episode. I, I enjoyed that episode actually. I mean, the definition of a good movie is all very subjective. So true, of course, <laughs> very true. So, As we talked about on the grab bag so episode, like... where we argued about lists. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Which we should probably address that at some point. I, I don't know. We will. Yeah, we will. We'll get yeah. back to it um, <laughs> at some point. I don't know. Yeah, um, I uh, I want to point out one scene that I loved sure. um, in general. I mean, this 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 movie is just very. It's just kind of the goings about the daily 
routine of our different characters. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally like, you know, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, Cliff Booth. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. Um, that's his name. He's one day just like fixing the cable while, um, while Rick Dalton's at the studio and Sharon Tate goes and sees her movie. And like, you see the, um, they're, they're like their actual transit, like they're in the cars going to the things, listening to the radio. Mm -hmm. And, um, I loved, I particularly loved, uh, Margot Robbie, Sharon Tate, seeing like her movie and like putting on her big glasses yeah. and looking around and seeing, you know, everyone else enjoying her performance. And it's like, you know, you know that's, that's, you know, kind of puts into perspective what was taken, uh, this person, this innocent person that was just sort of, you know, just killed for no real reason. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like it's it's so sad to think like like it's it's so effective that you know I have to remind myself she did die. This is not this is fiction. You know this this instance in which she lives the night of her um, in real life death. Like I'm like I have the Wikipedia article right now and it's like it's brutal. It's just yeah, oh, yeah. it's really sad. <laughs> it's very it's really sad stuff. Insane which to read about. Prompts me to to ask another question. Um, that I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Um, do you think that this is in any way, not in intention, but in mm. prince, like in, in basic principle, do you think this is in any way disrespectful? Cause I mean, if something like, I know that, um, Sharon Tate's sister was really involved in the production. He approached, uh, Tarantino approached her and, you know, discussed this, this concept with her and she was okay with, with it after discussing it with him. But, like if someone that if someone like if your sibling was brutally murdered and your you know your um niece or nephew was was taken from you um like and then you know 50 years later they made a movie about how you know that changed history would you feel like how would you feel about that that like bittersweet is that like you know uh, hopeful? yeah I, like how how do you um, i don't know obviously i look we can't speak for everybody i think i would be okay with it like it's it's a, like a, you know what if she lived i i don't think that's necessarily offensive to me but maybe it is it would be to some people obviously it didn't seem to be to her family no, um, it wasn't too uh, so. well. I mean, they, I don't think he even asked Roman Polanski, but he he did <laughs> well, speak with. What's Roman Polanski gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's got uh, other yeah. things to worry about. Don't um, make me come down he does. there. Yeah, no, don't make me come you, down. You there. can't. What are you gonna do? He's <laughs> really, hiding really, out in freaking Europe or yeah, something exactly. like that. No, really, please don't make me come down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I know that he like obviously much, but I mean, I guess just. Like he obviously that she was okay with that, but mm -hmm. I, you know I have the same question about like theme park rides. Or I was uh, when I was in London, we went to the London Dungeon and attractions that were based off of um, like Jack the Ripper's murders. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is a theme park <laughs> attraction based on an actual murder that took place. I wonder how um, <laughs> yeah. the families of the murder victims. And obviously, this is different. But yeah, I'm that gets into like any sort of true crime entertainment where you're just like, eh, I mean, we're making money off the fact that this man killed like a bunch of people. You know, it's it's there's some questionable elements and morality to that. 
which is right. worth discussing. Um, I don't know if that right now is the right time. But yeah, I definitely um, I understand what you're getting at. Um, yeah. But yeah, the and I know there was a lot of discussion about, um, you know, on, on the Internet, of course, which is a dangerous place to uh, discuss anything, I suppose. Uh, but there was a lot of discussion about um, Tarantino and violence towards women and the end of this movie in particular and how, you know, it's, you know, it's just about like getting after these women. I didn't get any of that from this. I didn't have an issue with Wait that. Wait a minute. I, Wait a minute. Getting after the women who were committing. Murder. Exactly. That's why it's like, I think, me? yeah, that was a discussion. That was a legitimate discussion. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They so went in there to murder I think that's silly. Your, <laughs> yeah. You lose yeah. all of your ability. You, you lose any kind of shield of, of, of empathy when you go into, when you walk into a situation with the intent to murder someone and their unborn child. I will say time. this. I will say That's this. Ridiculous. The argument is, I'm, I do not agree with this argument at all. I agree with you. It is silly. The argument is that they were manipulated and uh, manipulated. I'll leave it at that by Charlie Manson and that Manson essentially gets off scot-free in this movie. And we see him in one scene, which was very strange. It's the trailer scene. You're just like, okay. Yeah. Um, I feel, felt like there was going to be more involved to this, but okay. Um, yeah. It, it was, that was a strange choice. Um, but I, I, that's the argument. It's like, well, it wasn't necessarily like they were manipulated into doing this. You know, they were in a way victims in this as well, but I don't, I think that's silly. And I don't think that arguments holds too much water. Uh, yeah, what about text? He, exactly he, like it's like, like they're completely ignoring the fact that there was a guy involved too like it's not like it was just yeah. like they particularly targeted the, targeted the women i don't know it's yeah. silly to me yeah. uh, people but need to get over them you want to know the one thing that actually was like this is kind of disrespectful to me and it's so you know c- comparing to what we're talking about here with like the murder and the you know how the treatment of the murderers and the murder victims like we're not i'm, I'm gonna go in a completely different direction uh, Bruce Lee in this movie. <laughs> I knew he was okay, going to yeah. say that. Frick, th- that was the most that garbage was, scene I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, that I, I hated that. That was I, pretty ridiculous. I wasn't a big fan. I hated that scene from start to finish. I thought it was so <laughs> stupid. And that I that I think I hated that scene more than I hated the ending of this movie. Honestly, like it's like what are we? What fantasy world are we living in? Like I understand this is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. To a certain extent, this is a fantasy story. Fine, but the most <laughs> ridiculous element of fantasy in this entire movie is the fact that this generic white stunt guy beat Bruce Lee in a fist fight. Sure, <laughs> okay, okay, get out of here, Tarantino. Go home. You're drunk. That's all I have to that say about that topic. W- that was one of the moments of levity that I felt was completely different, completely like toned down to the rest of the film. It's so stupid. <laughs> I and I mean, also just the blatant disregard for, for Bruce Lee's legacy <laughs> exactly. and reputation as a martial artist. And that's player. something where his family was upset about that. <laughs> you could read about that. But it's especially kind of funny because like, Bruce Lee's. Um, no, you know you're singing style, again, right? right? Oh my god! I swear to God, <laughs> am I really doing it again? I didn't do it. I'm, I'm turning it off. I'm just gonna turn it off. I swear I'm not doing this on purpose. You're um, not. No. It says it's running in the background. I'm trying to. <laughs> you're singing again. <laughs> 
I'm trying to like make it so it won't do it again. I mean, I wanted to do it again. You really not? No. Um, I, I, I seriously did not know. In this episode, you have to be doing that. Oh, it's doing it again. No, it's doing it again. I keep turning it off, and it keeps turning it on. Oh my god. Um. All right. Continue with what you were saying. Okay. Go ahead. Um. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to watch it. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I believe the philosophy behind uh, Jeet Kune Do is just kind of like uh, less style and more just like literally like anything, literally anything you can do to win. Like gouge their eyes out, freaking hit them, hit them wherever you want. <laughs> and the way that they present Bruce Lee is just kind of. He's he's very much a, a, a caricature, and yeah. he like does these big flashy like uh, jump kicks and stuff, and it's it's kind of silly. I don't know. It was when he was uh, working on the Green Hornet, which I don't know what the chronology is. If, if he invented Jikundo before that or after that, or I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that was one of the things. Oh, it's doing it again. Oh my god, <laughs> that was one of the things I hated in the movie. So you know, whatever. All right, um, we've kind of been all over the place, but do you guys have, I mean, we, we've talked generally about, like, the pace of this uh, movie and how it kind of, I don't know, it takes a while to get uh, get to what it's doing, uh, but do you guys have any more particular negatives that you want to get to before we wrap this up? No. All right, <laughs> really? all right fair enough. Yeah, um, that's what I do. Yeah, uh, like I said, most of my negatives have to do with the pace, and uh, it it just takes a while to get to where it wants to go, and even when it gets there at points, I don't even think it has a purpose, so I don't know. What just wasn't, I, I don't think it's a perfect movie. All right, let's wrap this up and rate this movie, and then we can close it on out. Um, Brianna, what do you got? Oh, don't make me go first. All right, Noah, what do you got? <laughs> Noah, what do you got? I'm going to give this movie... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Seven point... Wait, what? Okay, you cut out number one, and you also have a voice thing on, which I don't know if you meant to do or not. No, I meant to do it that okay. time. <laughs> Seven point what? Uh, eight. Okay. That's pretty high. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that though. All right, fair enough. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Um. I. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point two five. Mm. All right. Are we really? We're going down to like. <laughs> yeah. The hundred. Well, I don't feel. I don't know. Brianna don't tends really... to do that, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, what I is mean, a seven point five, and what's a seven point four? Seven point two five and seven point two four. Well, I mean, I get, uh, I don't know, you, you know how you don't, I don't feel right keeping it as low as seven, but I don't feel like putting it as high as 7.5. So right in the middle, all right. Yeah, so I went smack dab in the middle, but I mean, at least I went with a nice round number, like 0.25. I mean, I could have gone like 0.16. (laughs) Three, eight. That would have been odd. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like 
I don't know, because, like, again, I like parts of it, I don't like parts of it, I'm, I'm giving it a six point. You know what, we're gonna, you know what, we're gonna make it fitting, I'm giving it a 6.9, just go along, right along with the time period of this movie, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, nice. again. It, yeah, exactly. Nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, I, again, I think it's fine. Um, there are moments of brilliance that I'm just like, yes. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. What? He didn't actually fight Bruce Lee. What? What? That was like, that was Rick Dalton's, not Rick no. Dalton. That was Cliff Booth's like no, fantasy. No. He was like, oh, that's probably that, what would happen. That was an actor playing Bruce Lee. No, what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I mean, in the context of the story, right? Like, like it's it's possible to think, oh, well, you know, yeah, really. Oh yeah, um, you're right. I guess. Yeah, I guess I just yeah. took it for what it was presented as. But no, I, I mean, I right. I also forgot. Like, I yeah. was like, it, it's a very jarring. Like, it starts the story. It, it's it's like, yeah, it was surprising to me too. Yeah, I was like, oh shoot, yeah, I forgot. But yeah, in in the story. Cliff Booth does not actually fight Bruce Lee. He just kind of imagines what would happen yeah. if he took a job as a stuntman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'd probably, you know, meet Bruce Lee and then we'd get in, into a fight or whatever. And, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd kick his ass. You know, so. you know what? For that little uh, adjustment, seven. We'll give it a seven. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're welcome, Tarantino. You're welcome, and, Tarantino. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he cares so much about my he, thoughts. He, is definitely listening to this. Exactly. And he's definitely sweating because he definitely missed that point one. Exactly. Point. Yeah. But I'm surprised he didn't call us up. He's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys, guys. guys. It wasn't actually, it didn't actually happen like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, how do we know? Maybe he just attention. texted you to correct you. Uh, or correct yeah, us. Right. I don't know. You're right. You got me. He did do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. An eventful and unique episode to the Screenfellows podcast. Um, Thanks for uh, listening. Okay. (laughs) Noah, where can people find you on social media? Noah, where can people find you on social media? Hold on, let me find a better, a different one. Oh, no. You can find me on Twitter at (laughs) Noah underscore Rask and on Instagram at brief underscore intermission. Thank you. Uh, Brianna, I know you don't want me to ask you, but I'm going to ask you where can people find you. Well, soon I'll have an answer to that question, but right now I don't. So don't, you know what? Actually, don't, don't even ask. I found out recently that I, that I've been being stalked on social media for for a while. So uh, just don't ask. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. All right. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. Make sure you follow us all over uh, social media, all at ScreenFells, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. YouTube channel, website, all of it. Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. We will be back. Um, probably, yeah, we'll be back next week. I don't know even what the movies are coming out this week. Can't remember. Uh, but Dora. Oh God. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, to tell in the dark. Oh, okay. So at least there's one intriguing one there. You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. There's two intriguing ones there. Sure. You know what? We should make Ozzy watch Dora. We should make Ozzy review Dora. I feel like oh that that is fitting. He's been gone. He keeps missing episodes. The, he should come back with Dora. 
There we go. That's the plan. I love it. So it. if we, uh, if you want to hear Ozzy review Dora, come back on the next episode of the Scream Falls podcast. No, I would not hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you won't even show up again. Um, but also there might be another grab bag sometime in between there. So keep your eye out hey. on the feed. We'll figure it out. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back. See you on the next one. Bye.